0: say so you've been blessed this morning we're glad to see you thank you for being here everybody grab your hymn book this morning let's all stand together we'll make a joyful noise brother kennel come lead us let's sing together this morning amen hymn number 244 amazing grace
1: Do all the verses this morning hymn number 244
0: To be praised amen boy it's good to see you on this sunday morning thank you for being with us today let me give you just a couple of pr- quick prayer requests speaking of praising the lord where's brother trent i saw him a little bit ago in the heart attack three days ago in church on sunday morning amen bless your heart brother trent what a blessing sister roar over here Man, I have to tell you, church, three weeks ago, I didn't know if she's going to check in or out of here. And God's good all the time. Amen, Sister Annette. Praise the Lord for that. You pray for Brother Steve Thacker, if you would. Renee and I stopped by there last night on our way back from Norfolk, got there very late. Uh, he is in a coma. Please pray for him, if you would. Pray also for Sister Margaret Vernon. Uh, we were able to see her yesterday as well. Uh, Lord willing, she's going to come home today from Roanoke. Uh, they, she did have a heart attack and been suffering from congestive heart failure, uh, but she's on the men. So pray for Sister Vernon. And boy, let's pray for service, services today. We need to touch a God. Amen. Need him in our midst. Uh, Brother Tim, take us to the throne of grace. Let's pray together this morning. Brother Tim.
2: God, for all the many blessings that you've bestowed on us. We want to thank you, Lord, and praise you for the prayers that have been answered for those that are able to be back here with us today, Lord. We thank you, God, for just loving us and keeping us when we're so undeserving. I pray, God, this morning you'll be with those that have lost loved ones, for those who are battling conditions right now, God. You're in control. And we know that you know those needs. And if it be your will, it could all be resolved today. And God, that's what we're asking for. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us this morning in the service. Be with Brother Greg. Greg, he's bringing the message. Just prepare our hearts for the message, Lord. Be with the choir and the singing this morning, Lord. Just use it all to to further your will. We ask all this in your precious name.
0: Amen. amen you can be seated pray for the choir this morning boy I sure love this Kyla song and I love to hear brother Scott sing the past is a promise I hope it blesses your heart you know that our God's a prayer answering God. Amen. I want Brother Scott to sing the second verse of that song. I love the words to this. And I'm always reminded he's in time, on time, every time. And if God's been good to you, you worship him this morning. Sing it, Brother Scott. Time to have church this morning, folks. We didn't come to leave, we came to get in. We're going to do one more for you this morning. The so theme seems to be this morning that in spite of the difficulties, God's been good. In spite of the trials, in spite of the obstacles, in spite of the dark valleys, God's been good. We'll sing one more. God's doing, but I know he's doing something. And these are the kind of services I grew up on and kind of services I like. So we're going to sing some more until he gets through doing whatever he's doing. Go back down to that. Well, we're just going to pause a minute. Amen. We're going to have some sugar slot break right now. Amen. I am so thankful for the lines of that second verse. I've cried some bitter tears, but I felt his arms around me. Through all my darkest fears. Bethany, we're just going to start over, sugar, from the beginning. And if the Lord has spoken to you, you make your way up. If there's somebody you need to go hug and tell them you love them, you do that as well. Sing it, Bethany, from the beginning. I want uh, Brother Roy to tell you, I tried to share with you a couple of weeks ago what God did for Miss Annette, but I want him to tell you firsthand how good God is. Choir, sit down because we're not done yet.
3: God is still good God is great this morning You know if you could have been in my shoes The other Sunday A couple weeks ago About 3 o'clock in the morning there at the uh, emergency room I didn't know how how things was going to turn out But God had a plan. And you know, throughout my life, I have found out that God's always got a plan. And you know, when God's got a plan, God's plan's gonna work. And when you see your loved one, and, and by the way, I've seen this twice. My first wife. And, you know, I thank God every day for what he's
0: done.
3: I've lost part of my family. I lost my youngest boy. Within, Within a year, I lost my first wife. 2016, I lost my oldest boy. I've lost a whole lot. But I've gained a whole lot too. I have gained a whole lot. And i yet got something else to gain. I've got a place that I know today. Without a shadow of doubt. That I have a home to go to. And I know that I'm going. But I do thank this church. I do thank this church. I thank this pastor and assistant pastor. I thank everybody that's here today for all the prayers that went up for Annette and for me. You know, it just don't affect the person that's laying in the bed. It affects the one that's there with them. And you know, uh, if you've never been through the loss of a loved one as you standing by them, and you don't know whether they're saved or not, you know, I'm going to ask you something today. I don't care who it is in here. If you've got a loved one that you've got a question about, if you've got a loved one and you're not sure whether they're saved or not, I want you to take just a little bit of time. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to pray that God would give you the strength and the wisdom and the words to say. The second thing I want you to do is to go and tell them about Jesus and what he's done for you. The third thing I want you to do is go to them and tell them that you have a love for them just like Jesus has a love for them. That you love that person. You know, I ain't, I ain't always been the person I ought to have been throughout my life. But I can say one thing today it's a song that I sang The Old Man Is Dead. That's my testimony song and I stick to it because the old man is dead I, I'm not the person that I was uh, years ago December 11th, 1994 God made a change and he still he's still working on me he's still changing me he's helped me through so much uh, you know I, I could stand up here all day and talk about what my God has done but my God knows what he's done He gave his son for people like me and like you. Every one of us was sinners, lost and undone on our way to hell. And he gave us a second chance. My wife, Annette, was at death's door. At death's door. and I didn't know the outcome I know what I was praying God touch him God just touch him one more time just touch him one more time Lord and you know he reached his loving hands down he reached his loving hands down and he touched that body He touched that body that I couldn't do nothing about. I said, Lord, just let me lay there in that bed. Let me take her place. But that ain't the way it works. But God knows what was going on. He put the doctor that needed to be outside that room. He put that doctor out there. And he knew exactly what was going on and what was happening. And that doctor went right in right in that room behind that bed. And he went by God, good Lord. By, by God's by by God's grace. By God's grace, she's here today. Ladies come up here with Miss Annette. Fellows you come up here with a trip.
0: We're just gonna
3: thank God this morning. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But it's 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 more than what anybody can even begin to to think about. God is is so good today. And every one of these songs this morning that Brother Greg had played for us to sing, praise God, every one of them was for me. Amen. Every one of them was for me. Yes, and I thank you, preacher.
0: sing this together Because through it all, cause through it
4: all. God's been good.
0: God's God. been good. Amen. Well done, choir. Thank you this morning. You can come down. You can be seated this morning. West. First of all, uh, Brother Bobby and Miss Billy will be meeting with those senior saints that are going on the Ark trip. Uh, you all will meet over here on piano side right after church this morning. Uh, I know what time it is, but I say all the time we didn't come to leave, so just chill. We're going to have a good time this morning. Uh, so again, Brother Billy and Miss Bobby uh, will be no. Brother Bobby and Miss Billy. I bet I'm not the only one that's ever done that. Amen. (laughs) The Up Church clan will be meeting with you right after church. Those senior saints over on my right-hand side, your left piano side, that are heading to the Ark trip right after services today. Then uh, tomorrow is, of course, our day to help out at the Grace Network for their pumpkin patch. Thank you for those that have already signed up. Please make sure you're there at those times. That's up at First Baptist in Martinsville. Uh, if you'd help us out with that, we'd sure appreciate it. Don't forget, on Wednesday, October the 30th, we'll be doing our trunk <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm dealing with an official medical condition this week called the crud. Anybody relate? Amen. 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 <clears throat> Trunk or Treat, following the Awana services on October the 30th. That's uh, the night before Halloween. That's a Wednesday night, so we'll have our regular Awanas, and then right after that, we'll have our Trunk or Treat. Uh, Kids are welcome to dress up, have a good time. Uh, We provide a safe environment for them to go trick or treat, have a fantastic time out in the parking lot following the services, so you help us out with that, if you would, on Saturday. November the 2nd uh, is a teen and young adult activity. Details are to be announced. But please, please, please mark your calendars. A highlight of the year for us. The Sunday before Thanksgiving, this year, will be November the 24th, our Civil Servant Sunday, where we take time out to recognize our local law enforcement officers for all that they do for our community, uh, and so you please be here for that. That's one of the most important things we do all year long. We thank the uh, law enforcement officers, their families, and thank them for their sacrifice, their service, provide them a lunch after the services. Uh, that is uh, part of our Thanksgiving tradition here at the church, so please help us out with that if you would. Uh, three thirty, Miss Pam. Yes, three thirty. All right, she's made an executive decision. We're not practicing today, amen. So we're going to be with the families. We'll have a good afternoon together and a good evening. Uh, so you just keep that in mind, if you would, amen. So we'll we'll change for next week. We'll take care of it for next week. All right, uh, she she hath spoken, amen. So, uh, no practice this afternoon. Uh, And then uh, don't forget in your bulletin, there is an order form uh, for our uh, t shirts for our Operation Christmas Child. Please, please, please help us out with that. All the. All the proceeds for that uh, go towards uh, Operation Christmas Child. Information is on there. Make the checks out to the church, and you can give those to Miss Pam. Uh, Those are due by next Sunday, so please make sure that you get that taken care of. Down at the bottom uh, gives you what the shirt looks like on the uh, uh, actual logo there for the church. Uh, That's on the back. The logo is on the front, so please help us out with that if you would. All right, I believe that's all this morning. So, uh, fellas, excuse me, not fellas, kids, come on, make your way down. We're going to bypass our penny march, uh, and we'll head straight to Children's Church and Junior Church. Everybody heading to Children's Church and Junior Church, come quickly this morning. Play a little something, Miss Renee. All right, fellas, come on and make your way down, if you would, please. Brother Bobby, you come get ready to sing for us this morning. Let me also give you some more good news. Uh, Mrs. Godwin, uh, who you know two weeks ago, had uh, her knee replacement, was supposed to be in therapy for a month, came home after a week. So praise the Lord. Uh, You keep praying for Jerilyn Godwin, if you would. I know they'd appreciate that this morning. We're going to pray and ask God's blessings upon the offering this morning. Lord, we love you today. and My, my, what a privilege it's been already to be in your house How good it has been to feel your presence. And Lord, we thank you already for all that you've done in our midst. And God, we say that you're a mighty good God and we can't thank you enough. Lord, thank you for showing up already this morning. And we ask that you just speak for the rest of the services today. May your son be magnified, glorified, and we'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
5: There's a lighthouse on the hillside that overlooks life's sea and when i'm tossed oh it sends out a lie a light that i might see and the light that shines in dark now will safely leave us whole. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, my ship would be no more. Everybody that lives around us says let's Tear that lighthouse down for the big ships. They don't sail this way anymore. There's no use in it standing round. But then my mind goes back to that stormy night when, just in time, I saw the light. Yes, the light from that old lighthouse that stands up there on the hill.
2: And I thank God
5: for the
6: lighthouse.
2: I owe my life to Him for Jesus is the light. God!
0: So a bus and put us on the road. Amen. Yeah, that is awesome, y'all. Brother, uh, come here real quickly if you would. Yep. You, missionary. I can't remember your first name. What's your name? Rob, Rob, Rob. That's right. That's right. All I could think of was Mark Helm's son-in-law. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, Brother Rob is one of our missionaries. I want you to take two, three minutes. Uh, he's going to England. He's from England. I want you to give us a quick update. Uh, of course, his wife uh, grew up in our church, and we love the whole family. His sister-in-law still goes to our church. She's on a missions trip herself this weekend. So I want him to take two, three minutes. Give us a quick update. Give him this microphone up here. Love Sorry about that, man. Mind is a terrible thing to waste. Amen.
7: That's all right. I don't have much of a mind anyway. Amen. Well, we're thankful for the opportunity and. Uh, I don't think we've been uh, back to the church since. Um use that.
0: It's got spit all over, but use it. In- <laughs>
7: uh, amen. Um, I don't think we've been back to the church since we uh, took our survey trip uh, over in, uh, in I think May and June. We yeah. were over there, and uh, well, uh, we got to do a lot of things over there. We uh, pre- please be praying for Brother Pavitt. Uh, he's he had a cancer surgery on July 4th. And he has another one uh, coming up, October 31st. It is back.
0: And that's the preacher in England.: yes? That's the
7: preacher in England. we're taking over for it. It, it is back. And it, it's, He says it's a small,
0: insignificant.
7: and um, he's already admitted there are days now where he just doesn't even feel like getting up and going out and tracking, but if he doesn't, no one else will. He's the only church in a 100-mile radius wow. in any direction. Um, so you be please be praying for him. Be praying for his wife. It's extremely hard on his wife. Uh, she has arthritis in her hands, and uh, she's the only piano player there as well. So please be praying for Miss Rosalind, uh, if you would. And uh, we uh, we're about, and this might not seem a lot, but when we've only been on deputation for about uh, you know eight months, we're 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 touching twenty percent. And uh, so uh, you just keep praying that uh, we'll be able to. Uh, Raise that support. Our vision is still September 2020. We want to be there. And uh, the one thing he did tell us when, when we left, he said, Brother Rob, I'm not scared about the cancer. So I'm not scared where I'm going. He says, I know my home's in heaven. He says, the one thing I am scared about. He says, sheep without a shepherd will scatter. He says, we've put too much work in. And God's done too much over here for the sheep to scatter now. And he's scared that we're still going to be in the States and the Lord's going to take him on home. So just pray. Really pray that the Lord gets us there by September 2020. He's able. Amen. God owns the bank and God, owned, God owns people and God owns the churches. Amen. So you just be praying for him. And I do have some good news. About a month ago, and I'm I'm, I'm I'm a man by the name of Bob never heard the gospel before. And even in a country like England, that once powerhouse for the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, well, he uh, never heard the gospel before. Heard Brother Parvat preaching. And uh, he got uh, saved by the grace of God. Amen. So God's still in the soul-saving business. And uh, we're just thankful that we're an ambassador of amazing grace when we're out and about. We're thankful that uh, you've partnered with us in prayer and financially. So we do thank you for that. And uh, thank you for all that you do. And we do thank you for the prayers you send up on our behalf. Amen.
1: Amen. Let's stand together one time. Hymn number 127, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." We'll sing that first verse, have a time of fellowship, page 127. "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know, saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Fellowship for a while.
0: First Samuel this morning, chapter number 18, please, in your Bibles. First Samuel, chapter 18. While you're turning, a couple more prayer requests. Please pray for Brenda Cassidy's father. He's not doing well. And then we just got word, (coughs) Renee did, from Sister Barbara Page and Brother Robert Vernon that Mrs. Vernon is not coming home today. Uh, Fluid continues to gather around her heart. So please pray for Sister Vernon. I don't need to tell anybody in this church, but that family has been a cedar of Lebanon in this church. Uh, Amen. So you pray for that. Amen. Absolutely. You pray for that family. Pray for Mrs. Vernon, if you would. Uh, And then Patterson Patterson. Patterson family. Some of you probably saw this in social media. Uh, Family in our community. Young girl got pneumonia. Uh, and uh, got to the doctor and passed 10 years old, Went uh, got called home to be with the Lord before they could get to her. So pray for that family, if you would, Patterson family. First Samuel chapter number 18 this morning. I want to read some isolated verses, and I think you'll see that I know what time it is. We're not in a hurry. Amen. We're not in a hurry. First Samuel chapter 18. <clears throat> If I can preach through the crud, you can listen through the crud. Amen. Verse number 5, please. <clears throat> David went out whithersoever Saul sent him. And please note this next clause. And behaved himself wisely. Saul set him over the men of war. He was accepted in the sight of All the people. And also in the sight of Saul's servants. Jump down to verse 14, please. David, chapter 18, verse 14. David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. Boy, don't you like this next clause. And the Lord was with him. Now jump down to verse 15. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. Now jump to verse 30. Now let's go to verse 29 actually. Saul was yet the more afraid of David. Saul became David's enemy continually, then the princes of the Philistines went forth, came to pass that after they went forth, that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was much set by. Let's pray. Oh, God, it's been good to be in your house. Lord, it's just what this preacher needed this morning. Lord, thank you for your presence. God, thank you for just showing up at SAGBC today. Lord, It's the table has been set. And now it's time to come and dine, Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, with the physical ailments. Lord, get that out of the way so that we can focus on the Word of God. Lord, as I say all the time, I don't want to say anything that would not be pleasing to you, but I want to say everything that you once said this morning. May nobody be impressed with me, and may everybody be impressed with thee. Lord, uh, use the outline that I believe you've laid upon our hearts today to be a blessing to your folk. God, may Jesus Christ be glorified. In his sweet name we pray. Amen. Brother and sister Whitlow, Y'all just celebrated an anniversary, didn't you? How many years? 67 years. Eh. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Gave me time to get the cough drop out, too. Amen. Amen. Multiple times in this chapter, we read that David behaved himself. Wisely. When God says something, it's important. We need to listen to it. But when God says something multiple times, it means it's real important. And I believe one of the lessons that God wants us to get out of this chapter or out of this particular section is the importance of us as children of God behaving ourselves wisely. I'm going to pause a moment and tell you that when I was a teenager, young man, there was a video series that gained in popularity. Some of you will remember it called Girls Behaving Badly. Some of the things on there are candidly pale compared to what is normal accepted behavior today. I'm going to pause just a moment and Remind you of a story that I have shared here oftentimes when I was a child growing up, my mother, whenever I would leave, would always say what I thought was the strangest thing. As I was walking out the door, she'd say, Greg, be smart. I never understood as a child what she meant by that because in the back of my mind, I would think, well, I have no intention of being dumb or foolish or foolish. And then as I grew up in age and began to realize what she was talking about, in fact, what she was saying was, remember who you are. Remember how you've been raised. Remember who your mom and daddy are. Don't do anything that's going to bring shame and reproach upon us. Don't do anything stupid. She would never allow me to say this, but don't do anything foolish. Don't do anything that's going to embarrass me or your daddy or your God or your church. I'll pause a moment and say today, folks, that there are far too many times where too many believers just act downright foolish. I want to pause just a moment and say to everybody in the building that your testimony is the most valuable thing that you've got. You can can spend a lifetime building a testimony and minutes destroying it. You can spend a lifetime making the right decision and doing the right things and presenting yourself in a way that is pleasing unto God and in just one stupid, foolish decision, tear down everything that you've spent a lifetime creating. You say, preacher, that's not fair. Newsflash, life isn't fair. God never promised us that life would be fair. The word wise in this passage literally means being prudent, being circumspect, giving attention to. We may not realize it, church, but you hear what I'm about to say. Christians are being closely watched and scrutinized all the time. You name the name of Christ. You publicly proclaim that you are a Christian, and I promise you, the eyes of the world are upon you. Good, bad, or indifferent, folks are watching to see how we act, how we conduct ourselves, uh, the way in which we treat other people. All of that goes into that word testimony. Uh, So I want to take a few moments this morning and say to you that as Christians, we ought to behave ourselves wisely. Behave ourselves wisely. Three areas in this chapter. Amen. Three right on cue. Three. Three. Three areas. If I hack up a lung, somebody come grab it. Amen. Three areas in this chapter that David plainly is told that he be or plainly described as behaving himself wisely. In each of them, uh, I want to submit to you, though it's been uh, 3,000 years, uh, we need to behave ourselves since this was written. uh, We need to behave ourselves just as wisely in each of these three areas. Number one, we need to behave ourselves wisely in our day-to-day work for God. We need to behave ourselves wisely in our day-to-day work for God. Go back to verse 5, if you would, chapter 18. Notice what it says. David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. Saul sent him over the men of war. He was accepted in the sight of all people and also in the sight of Saul's service. Please note with me, church, verse 5, I believe, plainly describes what I'm calling an awareness of responsibility. An awareness of responsibility. You see, David had already been anointed the next king of Israel. David had already been proclaimed that he would one day sit upon the throne that Saul occupied. David was keenly aware of the fact that as the next king, eyes would be upon him. He was keenly aware of the fact that he had been promoted to over the men of war and 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 content. Yeah, let me just stand back up here. Amen. (laughs) When they put their hands up and there is no praising God, you know it's time to step back. (laughs) David was... Y'all come back with me now, all right? Been praying on this service all week. We're going to hack our way through it one way or the other. David was keenly aware of the fact that as the promoted to be king of Israel, he had a responsibility to conduct himself in a way that would be pleasing to God. I, you, you got to get a hold of this, folks. Uh, David had every right as the next king to do what he wanted. He had every right to act in a way that would have been displeasing. Uh, but he knew uh, that the eyes of the society were upon him. Uh, he was in charge of the men of war. And consequently, he decided in his heart, I'm going to act right because they're looking at me. You look at me, folks. Uh, the eyes of the world are upon you as well. And it's high time that we as believers understood uh, that we have to act in a way. We're commanded to act in a way. We ought to want to act in a way uh, that when the world looks at us, they see God operating through us. It was an awareness of responsibility. But then I want you to also note that according to that same verse, verse 5, there was also an admirable reputation. An admirable Reputation. It is that last clause that I find so fascinating in verse number five, where he says that he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. He was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Can I paraphrase that for you? That means that David had earned the respect of the people he was over. David had earned the respect. Respect is something that gets earned, not given. Respect is something that cannot be and will never be appropriated by demand. Respect is something that will only ever be earned, I hear far, uh, you're gonna, some of y'all ain't not going to like this, but that's all right. I'm sick. Don't come hug me. Amen. Far too many believers say crazy things like, I don't care what people say about me. I don't care what people think about me. You, you might not care what people think about you, but I hope you care what people think about your God. And I hope you care what people think about your church. And I hope you people care about I hope you care about what people think, the Jesus uh, that you claim to love uh, and you claim to worship uh, and you claim to serve. So listen to me carefully. I understand uh, that idea of I want to live my life. Uh, don't be my judge, but you hear me this morning. Uh, you may not care what people think about you, uh, but I beg you this morning, care what people think about your God. I'll also say to you that every believer, I hope you'll amen me. Every believer ought to try to live a life that is beyond reproach. Why? Because our reputation as a Christian matters. Our reputation as a member of Sterling Towns Amazing Grace Baptist Church matters. Our reputation as a child of God matters. We should be wise in our work. Number two this morning, not only should we be wise in our work, we should be wise In our walk. We should be wise in our walk. Jump over to verse 14 if you would. Notice what scripture says. I love this second clause there in verse 14. Let's read the whole thing together. David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. The Lord was with him. Wherefore, the word wherefore means because of that. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely. Notice, Saul, he, Saul, was afraid of him. Saul, the king, the one who was in control, the one who ran everything, Saul was afraid of him, David. Why? Because David behaved himself wisely, and consequently, God had his hand on David. I hope you're catching that, folks. The reason that Saul was so afraid of David is that David had the hand of God upon his life. And the reason David had the hand of God upon his life is because he behaved himself wisely in the view of God. How many of you would say this morning, you don't have to raise your hand. But how many of you would say this morning, you want the power of God upon your life. How many of you would say this morning, you want God to bless your family. How many of you say this morning you want God to bless you at your employment? Uh, How many of you say this morning you want God to bless your children uh, and your grandchildren? Uh, Can I give you a piece of advice under the authority of the Word of God? Then let's behave ourselves wisely. Notice, if you would please, that David exhibited what I'm calling a walk of integrity. A walk of integrity. The word integrity is a word that's tossed around a lot today. And it's one of those words, I'm, I believe people don't really always understand what it means when they say it. Can I give you a real simple layman's definition? A walk of integrity, a person who displays integrity, a, a person of integrity recognizes that the person who is in front of everybody needs to see the same person who's not in front of everybody. Who we are when we are by ourselves, the character we display when we are alone, the way that we conduct ourselves when nobody's watching, that's integrity. Look at me, church. We can all put on the dog. We can all act appropriately when people are watching. I used to have a principal when I taught third grade who would say every good car salesman will put his best cars in the showroom. It's when you get to the back that you can see what kind of cars he's really got. Hey, would you look at me this morning? It's the same thing with our spiritual character. We know how to put it on. We know how to act right. We know how to dress right. We know how to say right. We know how to talk right. But when the eyes are not on us, do we still walk with integrity when nobody's looking? That's integrity. David was blessed of God because he was a man of integrity. Integrity is measured not by who we are in public, but who we are when the eyes of the world are not on us. Every word, every action must be measured and acted accordingly. And I'll pause just a moment and say that even includes our social media persona. There's been an awful lot of Christian testimonies who've been destroyed in social media. Hey, can I just pause a moment and say, if you wouldn't say it in somebody's face, you ought not to put it out through on a screen. Hey, 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 let's just pause here a minute. Anybody can hide behind the anonymity of a screen. Give me a break. Come on, folks. If you would not say it to somebody's face, then why are we trying to put it out there? I've told you this. I've stopped. When I see a post that begins with, I just got to get something off my chest. Delete. I just need to rant a minute. Delete. Amen. Would you listen? Hey, God's been too good to me and my crew for us to get walled up in that kind of mess. You're not going to. If you find one of my kids doing that, you call me and I'll delete them. I don't care if she is married. I'll still take her out. Amen. Cuz my kids know we're not doing that kind of we're not doing that kind of junk. God's been too good to us uh, for us to put out there anything other than what a good God we serve. Amen. His walk of integrity. Not only was it a walk of integrity. This is my favorite part of the message. It was a walk of influence. David's walk was a walk of influence. Again verse 15 says, "Wherefore, when Saul, Saul saw that he, David, behaved himself very wisely, he, Saul was afraid of him, David. Saul was the king. David's but a young teenage boy, but Saul feared David. Did you catch that? Saul is the king. And at this point, David is still a relatively young, perhaps young 20s, uh, late teens, uh, teenage boy. But David was feared by Saul. wasn't well, because of David's good looks, and by all accounts, David was a good-looking young man. Was it because of his physical characteristics or strength? Because David was, by all accounts, not a strong specimen of manhood. In fact, uh, when Saul uh, tried to put the armor on him, uh, it collapsed on top of him. It wasn't even, I don't think, because David had already conquered Goliath. Uh, Yes, he was celebrated. He'd already done that. uh, But the reason Saul feared David is because the hand of God was upon David. And why was the hand of God upon David? Because David behaved himself wisely. Saul, listen to what I'm about to say. It is so simple, but it is so profound. Saul knew that something was different about David. Saul recognized that there was something unusual about David, and that difference was that the hand of God was upon him. Every teenager in the building, you can have an influence in your public school. I don't care how dark it is. Every mom and dad in the building, you can have an influence upon your place of employment. I don't care how ungodly it is. Every person under the sound of my voice, you can have an influence wherever you are. No matter how dark the situation, no matter how difficult the surroundings, you can have an influence if you just behave yourself wisely in front of God. Number one this morning, we should be wise in our work. Number two, we should be wise in our walk. Number three, we should be wise in our witness. We should be wise in our witness. Jump down to verse 30, please. This is so important for all of us, folks, and I want everyone to listen carefully. Because the, the next ten minutes, we're going to bring this down to where we live. We'll bring this down to where the rubbers meets the road, or as my president says, bring it out where the cows can eat it. It's where it gets real for all of us. Please notice verse 30. The princes of the Philistines went forth. Came to pass after they went forth. David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul. Notice this next clause. So that his name was much set by. Please listen for the next 10 minutes and I'm done. David behaved himself wisely when he was faced with difficulty. You see, it's easy (coughs) to behave yourself wisely when everything's going all right. It's easy to behave yourself wisely when the kids are healthy, the bills are paid for, things are going pretty okay, you're not got any big problems, no No huge obstacles, although I've learned in my Christian life, you don't sell easy waters for very long. You know I mean? I'm just going to be candid with you. I don't know too many times in too many people's Christian lives whether or not faced with something, somewhere, somehow, something. But when those rare times when things are okay and things seem to be pretty hunky-dory, it is pretty easy to behave ourselves wisely. When the difficulty mounts, look out. Listen to me, church. Christian walk ain't a picnic, it's a battlefield. David uh, clearly understood that. Paul describes it as a battlefield. He describes it as a boxing competition. He refers to it as a race. And you hear what I'm about to say? When you start living for God and you get sold out and you want to really do something for God, you look out the battles are about to begin. Be halfway for God, and then you don't have to worry about it. But you really want to live for God. You really want to do something for God. You mark it down. Difficulty and adversity will come, and it is in that hour where we must behave ourselves wisely. Why? You've been at this church any length of time. You've heard me say this. And God is my witness. I will say it until God calls me out of here. If you're saved, God, uh, the, the enemy can't have your soul, so he wants the joy of your salvation. He wants to rob you of your influence. Uh, He wants to destroy your ability uh, to be a witness to anybody else. He'll do everything in his power uh, to destroy your testimony, uh, to destroy your joy. Uh, You hear me this morning. uh, We need to behave wisely when we are faced with intense difficulties of life. Paul got it. Paul understood it. He wrote, and I quote, I have learned... In whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. Well, that's hard, folks. It's easy to be content when it's good. It's hard to be content uh, when things are falling apart. I shared this with you a few weeks ago. uh, I shared it with the Wednesday night crowd, so please indulge me for just a moment. But I have to tell you, one of the most gut-wrenching moments of my life happened just a few weeks ago. When my, my, my daughter had been dealing with this ear issue, she'd been to five doctors in six days. And on Monday or Tuesday, Renee had gotten her into another emergency appointment. And Dick had been with her to three different doctors. And Renee texted me. I was working late, didn't get off till 7.30. And she said, you need to get down here. It's bad. My wife never tells me that. So I knew it was pretty bad. So I got to the, the, to the doctor's office, uh, the door is locked, Renee comes let me in. We're standing uh, there outside in the waiting room and I could hear my daughter screaming, screaming. Every father in the building, you understand that when you're a parent in the building, when your child hurts or your grandchild hurts and you can't do anything about it, you feel helpless. Helpless. We get back there, uh, uh, finally get back there. She's holding her ear, rocking back and forth, just screaming, begging God to do something. And I'm standing outside begging God, please do something. Please do something. God, I can't, I can't, st- I'd leave. I couldn't stand back there. My wife's a, she's a giant. I'm a wimp. I can't handle it. Hey, yeah, man. Are you listening to me, folks? Would you understand where I'm getting at with this? When we are faced with difficulty, we have to act our wisest what do I mean doctor prescribed some pain medicine they gave me the prescription Lydia looks at me tears streaming down her face she said daddy please hurry so I race as fast as I can over to the drugstore I get there and the pharmacist as politely as she can says sir there's a two hour wait We're backed up. We're the only one open. It's pretty bad. Uh, Can you come back? Now, I got a choice. You listening to me? I got a choice right then. Do I throw a T total hissy fit or do I act wisely? I looked at her, and I bowed, and I said, Lord, help me. And I said, ma'am, I have no doubt that you are swamped, but I got a baby girl who is agonizing in pain, is there anything I can do to push her to the front of the list? She looked at the prescription and she said, oh my, I'll get it now. I looked at her and I said, you have no idea how grateful I am. You understand, folks, if I'd have stood there and stomped and threw a fit and gotten mad, I wouldn't have just waited two hours. I'd have probably waited two weeks. But when we behave ourselves wisely, good things happen. Not only when we're faced with difficulty. Not only when we're faced with difficulty, but notice, when we're faced with decision. That enemy, the Philistines in verse 30, approaching the Israelites, David's got a decision to make. How do I conduct myself? Am I pleasing to God? In our moment of decision, how do we have to behave? What do we do? I want you to notice that David does what he's always done. He turns to God. I want to close this morning with a simple thought found in verse number 30. and invite you all to look at it with me if you would. The last clause, so that his name was much set by. So that his name was much set by. You know what that means? That means that when David did the right thing, when nobody else would, they all looked and said, see, there is somebody who will stand for God. There is somebody who will do the right thing, who will behave wisely. There is still somebody who will stand up for God. You can close your Bibles. I'm done. Three days before my mother would go home to be with the Lord. I, I, you know the story. She made her own decision to stop her cancer treatment. God gave us a wonderful day. My dad and my kids and Nick and Renee, we all spent the day there, and for the first time, mother was lucid and her memory is good all day long. That had happened in days, and had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Wonderful day. mama knew that her time was short, so some things she wanted to say, she gave away the cars, and she gave me her old car. She gave Lydia daddy's truck, and she gave James daddy's car. And daddy looked at my mom and said, Shirley, what am I going to drive? What you want me to do? She smiled and she said, oh yeah. (laughs) One of the precious, sweetest moments for me was when mama pulled Nick over. And said, I want you to take care of her. I want you to promise me you'll be good to her. That you'll love her like we That you'll love her like we love her. And Nick, being the gentleman that he is, yes, ma'am, of course. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So I was spending the night with Mother during the evenings, and I'd asked Daddy to let me do that, and he graciously allowed me to do it. And everybody's getting ready to go, and we prayed. Nick and Lydia are getting ready to go out the door, Mama says, y'all be smart. Y'all be smart. You know what she was saying? as She was saying, waving to them. She was saying, remember who you are. Remember who you belong to. Remember who your daddy is. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything embarrassing. Next morning, I'm going downstairs for breakfast. That's all I'm doing. I'd spent the night with mother. Daddy and Renee were coming down. I'm going for breakfast. I'll be back in 30 minutes. Mama says, honey, be smart. (laughs) It became one of those things that we would just say as a reminder, remember who you are. And it wasn't to me that she was saying, you're a Hodges. It was, you're a child of God. Eyes of the world are upon you. Promise I'm done. I know what I know you've been here long I promise I'm done. The last day when we would take mom out to the nursing home, or excuse me, to the hospice center. That night she'd had a really, really rough night. I hadn't slept, she hadn't slept, been a hard, hard, hard night. <clears throat> so we were getting her to the Hospice and I watched them wheel her out. And I'll be honest with you, that was a little rough because I knew this was it. I knew we, were, we would not come back to the cancer treatment center anymore. I knew this was it. <clears throat> and I'm walking out, and, and there's a lump in my throat. I've got all of her stuff, and Dad and Renee and the kids are going to meet us there. And You all think I'm making this up, but I'm not. God is my witness. <clears throat> I get in the elevator, and I kind of just lost it. And this little, short, heavy-set African-American lady walked on. She got off when I did, and she grabbed me, and she said, Sir, you look like you could use a hug. So she wrapped her arms around me, and she looked up at me, and she said, God wants me to tell you that he knows where you are, And you're not walking through this by your smell, by yourself. God is my witness. She said, now be smart. This may not fit your theology, but to me, I was entertaining angels unaware at that moment. Be smart. Behave ourselves wisely. Let's stand to our feet. Come on, Brother Kim. Nobody's looking. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I know a lot of you have already come to the altar this morning. And I know what time it is. The hour's late. I get it. I understand it. But I believe this is just what God needed for us for today, what we needed today. So I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions and we'll we'll go home. There's folks already moving. If you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, there is something in our life, a situation that we're dealing with where we know we need to behave ourselves wisely. Pray for us. Pray for me. Boy, I'm seeing a lot of hands go up. Won't you step out Right now, don't you step out right now. Come on, just I'm gonna wait for you. I'm gonna wait for you. I'm gonna wait for you. Let me ask you a second question this morning. Anybody here this morning that would just say, Preacher, never been saved died today, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven, but I do know I don't want to go to hell. Pray for us. Anyone like that this morning? Brother Ken, sing us a verse. That's another one, brother Ken. You for being here today, say amen. 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 No, no practice today, no service tonight. Go be with your family. Let's have a good day. It's God good to your church. Amen. Brother Ken, dismiss us in prayer. God, it was
1: like